everyone, and welcome to another recap race analysis here on the Cycling Dane Extra channel, or if you're listening on the Cycling Dane podcast. And today was the final monument of the 2023 season. And to discuss what happened in the race is Mr. Kroger himself, Ewan Wilson. And I mean, Ewan, final race of the season and what exactly happened on the day. Well, yeah, it's it's, it's the final UCI World Tour level one day race of the year, final monument really the last road race of note this year and at the beginning of the day we had a breakaway i mean it's pretty pedestrian breakaway but a brilliant ride from martin machelusi must be noted uh who was in that breakaway for the longest amount of time that's because he hung around in the breakaway actually uh stuck onto ben healy who went on a long-range attack we thought it could bring something but once we got to the paso de ganda and the decisive penultimate climb of the day that's where we saw the attacks really go away from the galacticos first saw moves from the likes of adam and simon yates and sasha vlasov for instance uh, they looked very strong in the early part of the climb eventually pogacha bridged across after initially being dropped in in the second group of racing but he came over the top. Him and Alexander Vlasov tried to go together. They tried to go sort of one-two all the way to the end. They were working very well, but Pogacha sniffed out a gap on the, on, as we came onto the descent. He opened up a gap very, very quickly. He went, went up to about 30 seconds, whilst the group behind, including Roglic, Carlos Rodriguez, both Yates brothers, and then the newly joined Richard Carapaz chased on behind with the... Uh, a heavy case of group two syndrome. Pogacha had a bit of an incident with about 13 kilometers to go. He started cramping up. And at that point we thought, oh no, it's all going to come back together now. The gap went down by about 15 seconds. And we thought that was the beginning of the end. But Pogacha took in some some fluid, some, some sugar, some salt, whatever. And then it bounced right back out. And the gap went up to one minute very soon afterwards. Enough for him really to celebrate all the way to the line in Bergamo to take his third consecutive uh, Lombardy victory this one the only one he's had solo the battle for second place was on and the sprint was fierce and fought and won by andrea bajoli in his last race for sudar quickstep before moving over to Lidl track next year third place goes to primo shoglich one of the pre-race favorites and fourth to alexander vlasov had a brilliant day of racing today you might be wondering where was remco Evenepoel in all of this he finished in ninth place today uh, he had a bit of an incident he crashed early on today he looked a bit battered and bruised he got dropped on the pass of the Uganda. i mean he was out of the frame but he chased on with his teammates ilan van wilder and fausto masnada to make his way closer and closer to that front group and a sprint win for ninth place it's definitely something for for Avonpool. he wouldn't have wanted ninth place coming into today but after crashing quite nastily and getting dropped it's still something for him nevertheless Pogacha with a fifth monument victory third one here in Lombardy or five monuments two Grand Tour victories a world championship medal and an Olympic medal by the age of 25 he turned 25 just a couple weeks ago it's very very impressive for the kid from Commander yeah, just to add to Ramco Venipol's bad day as well. He, he made Mark Hirschi crash. Not great. But yeah, I mean, we might as well type catch it. This is absolutely incredible. Only two other riders doing what he's done three in a row. And I mean, those are both Italian giants of the sport. Uh, one of them being Binder, the other one being Coppi. But Ewan Tarbagaccia winning this was absolutely remarkable. Totally. And I mean, it, it was predictable the whole way through. And you said in the preview, like this is the perfect race for Pogaccia. He's won it two years now on both sort of versions of the route because Lombardy has an alternating route uh, each year. And I mean, it happened again, you know. It's like he went he went away and we thought, okay, well, that's it. There was a little bit of intrigue because Sasha Vlasov went with him. Then he dropped Vlasov again and boom, it was done. Especially with Avonapool not really in the mix. Roglic was isolated with no 
were teammates on the Paso de Ganda. Pogacar had Adam Yates there as well. I think it really is a perfect metaphor for you if you eat this year in terms of them maturing and stepping up from last year. Although they don't have a Grand Tour victory to their name this year, they definitely have looked like a more mature team and they've got more Grand Tour podiums to show for that in 2023. But I mean, three in a row, he's probably going to win more. This race is perfect for him. Yeah, I don't really know what else to say. It's probably the nicest victory he's had in this race, given that it was solo, didn't really have to sprint for it in the Slovenia National Champions jersey. It's quite a unique one for him. As frustrating as it was, that second group, as much as Tadvogacha won the race, they definitely lost the race as well, because there was a lot of sandbagging going on in that group. A lot of looking at each other, no one really wanting to take up the work. You had Roglic in there somewhat, sometimes doing the work, sometimes not. But uh, yeah, Carlos Carlos Rodriguez, I think, was one of the the big sandbags in that group. True, true. But at the same time as well, it was Pogacar who went off the front, a really, really talented rider. He had the gap and had the sort of momentum to keep him going all the way to the end. And how can you really sort of rival Pogacar in a moment like that, especially when he has a teammate in the second group on the road? It really didn't make sense for them. But I don't know. They, they came close. And I just think it is a little bit of that like group two syndrome. We get it so much in Grand Tours in particular where like they miss out on that that like the one guy goes off at the front of the breakaway and then nobody can chase behind and i think everyone was just like well is there any real chance of catching pogacho and they just weren't really invested they knew they were getting second place they had a bit of like impetus once we shot saw the camera shot of pogacho cramping up the gap went down by about 15 seconds but once it reached like 50 seconds once again that was it done really even over the top of the climb they were just a little bit like mm. they weren't really attacking each other that much but for in that second group, I think Bajoli had a brilliant day getting second place out of this one. Sudal would have wanted a podium. They got one in the end from Bajoli, who will be leaving the team um, in, in the wintertime. So good stuff for them. Jumbo Visma as well on the podium. These are the three teams we expected to be on the podium. And fittingly, Bora Hansgrohe in fourth, probably the, the rise of our fourth great super team in the sport um, in the years to come. Sticking with Jumbo Visma, obviously they're losing Roglic now and this was the last race for him. I mean, finishing on the podium for him is not a bad result and he'd be quite happy giving them a podium here. Uh, but yeah, Jumbo Visma, they look so strong early on with Walter, Tratnik, Kelderman and then as soon as there was a bit of movement by UAE, gone. It was just Roglic and then Attila Walter a bit further down in the group. So that was quite worrying, I think. Yeah, it, it was it was interesting because they just they really did just like nowhere to be seen after Chanik and Kelderman did most of the work throughout like the sort of middle point of, of the race. Yeah, Valter was good, but then we saw Alaphilippe and Azimiates attacked early on and that sort of lured Valter to do work and then Valter was done and Roglic was on his own. And Roglic was like doing this kind of yo-yo act at the back of the group, like getting dropped, then attacking, then looking good. It was really, really hard to predict where Roglic was like what was at where he was feeling today. He's never he actually doesn't have a great record in this race. Although, like, I mean, he's been in top 10, but there's nothing really like on a podium before in this race. So for him to finish third, it's still a decent result. Jumbo Visma as well. They enter a monument and they want a podium, and they've got another one out of this race. What did you make of well, we know Adam Yates did a very good job. Uh, marking the move, setting up Tarbogacha, but I mean, Simon Yates, I felt like there was more left in the tank. He could have done more. Him and Vlazov on that climb should have done mm. more. Yeah, yeah, I think Yates 
he's never clicked with this race. He's done, he doesn't really do monuments. Um, he rode it back in 2021, finished 86th. Then before that, he didn't ride it since he was like a, a child, really, like in 2015, almost 10 years ago. So it was interesting to see him up here. I kind of pooed, pooed him because I was like, there's no way he's going to do well because he's never done well in Lombardia before. But he looked really good. And shout out to Chris Harper of Australia. Did a really, really good job today. Uh, really valiant helper, especially on the pass of Deganda uh, towards the end of the stage. But yeah, Yates and Vlasov. I mean, Vlasov really, really tried. Pogacar in his post-race interview actually said that Vlasov, he thought, was the strongest in the group. Uh, and he wanted to, to sort of go at it with, with Vlasov all the way to the line. But I think Sash has been a bit, a little bit sort of like shortchanged because he didn't get onto the final podium when he did definitely look like a really good rider today. And yeah, for Yates, Simon, it is what it is. I wouldn't have expected a stronger sprint. He was close to the podium, but I don't know. Like in looking down the names of people in that group, I would have probably put Simon Yates as a stronger sprinter than Sasha Blasov, for instance. Yeah, it's quite quite a shame for Vladov. And I mean, at one point it looked like he was super domesticating Primoz Roglic. <laughs> Almost uh, foreshadowing what's going to happen next year. But I mean, we haven't talked about Bajoli yet. And I think that is an absolutely superb result for him. What do yes. you make of that? We thought it was well, Van Bielder at one point. Well, it's always Van Wilder, and then I saw in the graphic Masnada, and I was like trying to like work out the numbers, and then Bajoli was like was there. He he's he's been on good form. Let's not forget, he's actually been on really good form. Uh, third place at the Coppa Bernocchi, uh just five days ago. Then won Gran Piemonte two days ago, and now he's second in, in Lombardy. That's fantastic for him. Um, Bajoli didn't actually get a Grand Tour start this year. He's moving squad next year to Lidl Track and. It feels almost like Bajani was like losing his momentum this year, but he's 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 scooped up some really good results. And I'm intrigued to see where he's going to go next, well, how he's going to do at Lidl Track. And I must also point out, I did say before the beginning of this season that Bajani was my pick for the podium of Lombardy. So I'm happy with that one. I didn't expect it to happen this way, and I forgot I made that prediction until a couple of days back, but no, yeah. Yeah, that's basically it for this uh, Il Lombardia recap race analysis. Make sure to comment down below what you thought of this race. Where does Tadvigacha rank in the list of legends, etc.? And uh, just to point out, Eddie Merckx has never done three in a row. But hit the like button, subscribe to the channel here on the second day in extra. And of course, as always, thank you for watching and we will see you around.